0: Finding your niche isn't always easy. So don't beat yourself up if you can't. Like don't beat yourself up if it doesn't come to you automatically. It might be something that you just figure out in life. Welcome
1: to The Feeling When podcast, where we cut the BS and open up about the highs and lows of navigating your career. Each week, we'll be looking at what's inspired us, what we've learned, and what's made us laugh, smile, or cringe. I'm Poon, I'm the founder of Yes Mate, and I'm here to help you reframe your mindset, love your whole self, and
0: develop self-awareness. And I'm Steph Sword-Williams, I am the founder and author of Foot Being Humble, and I help people be unapologetically proud of their achievements and get over
2: the fear of self-promotion. And I'm Daisy Morris, I'm the founder of The Selfhood, and I'm on a mission to make social media feel more human and fun again. In this episode,
1: we're going to be talking about finding your niche and believing in yourself. So Steph, Days, how did you both find your niche?
2: I think for me, I really struggled with this initially because all of my jobs have been quite random before I went freelance and started the selfhood, worked in fashion, worked in events, worked with alcohol brands, had a horrible stint in tech, which I don't talk about because it was just vile. Um, So when it came to doing my own thing, because I was quite versatile, I said a lot to things that I probably wouldn't have now. And I think in my head, I was like, yeah, I've done that before, I can do that. That's like an opportunity that I'm I'm comfortable with. So because I did so much stuff, like quite random stuff, I then found it quite hard to drill down into, okay, what do I actually wanna do? And something that I, I still do now, and I think is really helpful, whether you're looking for a niche or a job or anything really in life, is to ask yourself instead, what don't I want? Because I think it's really hard sometimes to think like, well, what do you want for your life? What do you want from your job? That is a massive question. And quite often we don't actually know. And like, I'm quite comfortable now knowing that that will evolve and it's always changing. But I think when I worked out what opportunities I wasn't massively vibing with versus the ones I absolutely love. Just writing that down, like who's your ideal client? Who's your ideal like follower on social media? Who are you trying to reach? And then when I was, I say clear on that, when I was clearer on that, I and I talk about this a lot, but I made sure that my branding reflected that and my tone of voice and so my tone of voice is quite laid back and it's quite friendly. And I think especially in social, especially in our industries actually, like there's so much chat about like find your niche. And it's like, well, what does that mean? Cause that is so broad. So I think it is definitely good to know who you're talking to. But yeah, I think for me finding that was like working out, okay what's the things I don't like first? Like take a step back, work backwards. And then when I identified that, yeah, I was able to be a bit more specific about who I was targeting and where. And I think when I started to do that and I started to talk in that tone of voice and speak about things that my audience was interested in, that's when I started to magnetize the right community. So yeah, I think working backwards was how how it sort of kicked off for me. But what about you, Steph? I think that's really interesting. I weirdly
0: feel like I found some sort of a niche or some sort of a direction quite early on. So when I was at university, our lecturers told us to write a blog. And my blog was so shit. I always laugh that I got a book <laughs> deal because n- the right, it was full of typos. It was nothing to write at home about at all. And I would just sort of write about advertising that I'd seen that I loved or things that I didn't like. And I'd be like, why have they spent loads of money on that? Or could you imagine what they could have done if they'd have thought about that more personally? And I always sort of just got quite analytical. And in my head, the focus was, I just want to be able to show businesses that I'm really passionate about the ad industry, even if I haven't had the work experience but when doing that what i found was i did that for like 2 or 3 years it actually helped me to realize i really wanted to work in purpose led communications so i always really wanted to work on purpose driven campaigns or i was always more motivated by like motivated by a water aid's campaign versus like nike for example but the the hard thing which sort of goes against sort of what you were saying days was that for me Knowing that that was what I wanted my niche to be, it meant that every job I went to, I was constantly trying to fit into this niche that I wanted. And I never really found that to the point where the last job in advertising, I basically had to say to myself, like, if this doesn't pan out, if this doesn't tick those boxes for me, I need to go move on and create my own business, run mm. my own platform my own brand where I do have that control over it so I think it's a bit of a I think so many people long to find it but even when you find it sometimes then trying to find the opportunities that slot into that yeah. and fulfill that is actually quite a hard thing it's quite a juggling act Definitely. what, yeah, what about you P? Um,
1: similarly to, to yourself stuff, because I think what actually you're talking about is is those core values and I know that I talk, talk a lot about that because everything that Yes Mate has been built on is those core values, and the first thing that I did was to really ident- identify what are those core values, because I left a permanent job because it wasn't aligned with with my core values. So everything had to then be built upon that foundation to make sure that the way that I work, the way that I live is always aligned and there isn't a disconnect in that. So for me, it was, yeah, beginning with those core values. And as you said, Days, they, that feeds into the tone of voice, into the branding, into actually how I want people to feel um, when they come to the supper clubs, because we, we started with supper clubs. And that feeds into everything that, that we do. So, again, very personal, but that's that's what we, we began with, with really uncovering what are those core values and how can we serve our community? How can we also serve ourselves within that.
2: Yeah, and I think what's interesting about what both of you have said is like, it's okay if your niche doesn't make sense in your head at that time, because like for me, one of my core values don't get me wrong like I'm absolutely not like a green juice yoga like self-care queen <laughs> I, I wish I was <laughs> my skin tells a different story um but yeah I, I am interested in personal development I try and exercise I try and look after myself and well-being and personal growth is a big part of my personal life and I genuinely had this like identity crisis and almost like in a conflict last year because I was like social media gets a bad rep for bad you know encourages like mental health problems and i was like oh my god am i pushing like a negative message onto people and i was like well actually no you can bridge the gap and use social media as a platform to say yeah absolutely get your business out there go on reels like promote yourself online but also like switch off for a week if you need to. So a lot of my branding and my message now is around like, yeah, you can do all of that stuff. But if it gets too much switch off. And that actually led me to create a campaign with mind and became a big part of my brand. And I absolutely loved that. Like that was probably my favorite thing I've ever worked on. But I think sometimes people are afraid to hone in on niches because they might think, oh, it's not been done before, or it doesn't make sense. But that's the whole point of a niche is like, I identifying something that might not exist already and just making that happen but I think it's really easy to look at like what other people in the industry are doing and think like oh does that make sense is that going to land well and it's like yeah if you take that risk and just try it then you might uncover a completely new niche and yeah it might pop
0: off don't you think niche though has such buzzword oh yeah like community all these things oh yeah and I think it's a little bit there's a debate around the same with imposter syndrome whether us talking about imposter syndrome so much is making us feel like we have it and it's the same with the niche like talking about finding a niche makes people feel uncomfortable if they don't have it but I always joke that I'm massively a jack of all trades like I would never say I'm a specialist in anything I, Mm. I love not being that and I think it's obviously different if you're building a brand or a business it's useful to have a niche so that you know what you're tapping into how you're supporting an audience differently how what your pr angle might be it's useful but i also think as an individual separating myself from foot being humble i like not necessarily having a niche mm. i like calling myself a storyteller and being able to do a podcast, being able to be a public speaker, being able to network, run events, and that's still sitting in the same sort of bracket, yeah. but not necessarily feeling like I have to be this only thing. It's like the multi-hyphen method, like yeah. I am a walking, talking poster of that. And, and I like meeting other people that are similar. I also obviously like meeting specialists, but I, I think this need to drill down on a niche is I think it makes really good business sense, but I, I hate seeing people feel like they're lacking yeah. as an individual if they don't have it. Totally. I
1: Completely agree. Like I remember when we started the supper club and at that time there were some really like incredible supper clubs popping up. And I remember having a conversation with one of my mates and she was like, Poonam, really like you left a job to, to, to start a supper club. Is that what you're gonna do? And I was like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. But what I recognised was like, yes, there's loads of people who are probably much better cooks than me, who've got the, you know, the qualifications, all the rest of it. But I was like, actually, what we're providing isn't just food; it's nourishment for your soul. It's the conversations, it's the music, it's the atmosphere. And for me, as well as the core values, it was like, how do I want people to feel when they interact with Yes Mm -hmm.
0: Mate?
1: Whether it's a supper club, whether it's a pet, whether it ends up being a pet brand, how do I want people to feel when they engage? with the brand.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's so key. What's that saying? It's not what you say to people, it's how you make them feel. Yeah. And yeah. I think like even, I mean, my my niche, um, but my space is online, like most of my work is like digital and social. And that's something I've not struggled with, but like I'm big on experiential, like my background was in an event. And it's something that I've struggled with is like, how do you make people feel something? But I think that can be something as simple as like the language and the tone of voice that you use. So actually like there there could be touch points of your brand that become your niche just through shining your personality through. And actually like when I do one-to-ones with people, they'll say like, oh, I don't have a niche. And I'm like, you're your own niche. Like your story is niche because no one's going to tell your story. Like your lived experience, like how your career journey is a niche in itself. So even if you feel like, Oh, I don't know, like what my niche is. Like, just your story alone is like—it's not something to you.
0: that you need to go away and search for. Like, yeah. it's embedded in you, yeah. and that's when it feels most exactly. Natural. I think when it's really intuitive,
1: definitely. Yeah. So, what's inspired you then this week?
0: So, a story I saw this week on LinkedIn that I actually really enjoyed, and I thought it was so—I always love a real story, hearing about people's real journeys, that how they got into things, and we all know KFC. The founder of KFC. What's his name? Colonel Sanders. Colonel, Colonel Sanders.
2: Sanders. Big up, big up.
0: Do you know when you read his name, I actually read it out as Colonial Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's that weird because spelling, to be yeah. fair. Colonial Sanders. <laughs> yeah. And I said it to my boyfriend. So he was like, Steph, what did you actually just say? And I was like, you know, Colonial
2: Sanders. <laughs> it's a good job you KFC. checked it
0: before you said it today. I was just like, that is so embarrassing. Anyway, so it's the story about his progress and how <laughs> <laughs> Which is even more embarrassing because he told Please. his like, family WhatsApp, my boyfriend, and now all of them know. And they'd like text me like, oh. oh, enjoy your KFC. Anyway, moving on, the actual story is, it's about his journey through his career and stuff. And the post read, at five, his father died. At 16, he quit studying. By age 17, he lost more than four jobs. At 18, he got married. Between 18 and 22, he worked as a driver and failed. He joined the army and was rejected. He became a failure as an insurance salesman. At 25, his wife left him and took his only daughter... He turned dishes into small coffee shops. He had a failed attempt to have his, to get his daughter back. At 65, he retired. And on the first day of his retirement, the government gave him $105. So I'm like reading this. I was like, shit, I did not know all of this about his journey. And he actually saw himself as such a failure for never really figuring out what his niche was and all, you know what his purpose was to the point where he actually was quite suicidal and he started writing his will. And he was just like, look, I, I just don't even know what my purpose is and then he remembered one thing he hadn't done which was cooking and he hadn't ever tried that so with the 105 dollars that the government gave him he went out bought a fryer made some fried chicken using his grandma's recipe and then sold it door to door in his village i can see you too well <laughs> i don't even
1: i don't even eat meat but and i'm then, like yes
0: yeah, yeah and then he bombs. says uh, that it said at the age of 88 colonial or colonel sanders was the founder of KFC as a billionaire. How mental is that? Oh
2: my gosh. I didn't
0: know that about his journey. But doesn't that just tell you, you know, like exactly what we've just been talking about. Like, it's amazing if you found your purpose, if you know what your niche is, if you know what you want to do. But also so much is thrown to you in life that that could completely derail. You could completely change. You have family, you have kids, you might not be able to have a family. There's loads of different things. massively. And reading that story, I was like, god you just never know when something can happen which is why that whole you know when we compare ourselves when we say look at what they're doing look at why am I not doing that it's so actually it's stupid that we do that yeah, because you just at don't know. any point our lives yeah. could change for better or for worse but I just love that story for, for like anyone who's listening today of like Holding in there, yeah. Like holding on and knowing that you can find your niche or your purpose at any point in life, mm. and it could be as simple as like realizing that there's something you've always wanted to try or something you've always wanted to do, and maybe it just wasn't the right time, or maybe you know your parents said that wasn't ever going to make you money, which I'm sure like everyone's parents have said <laughs> to them at some point, and just remembering that you know it's I suppose it's it's never too late, but also you never know what's round the corner and if you want to try something you can try it and also that was with 105 dollars back in the day which I'm sure won't have been been that much so just the idea that it doesn't also have to cost the world yeah
2: totally totally on the flip side like i guess the reverse of what you've just spoken about have ever of you, you watched the Billie eilish documentary oh my god it's amazing no, i
1: haven't watched it yet
0: weekend so yeah. it's so good i feel
2: like i'm i'm like welling up to speaking about it i love her so i've got I so I have much an, i like i respect. appreciate her
0: but i didn't have a huge opinion watched it and i fell in love like love oh, all music. Love my her. Gosh. she's got such
2: like an aura and she's so young so young like but so, so talented. young talented Unbelievable, and like we talk a lot about like niches and personal brands. Like, yeah, she's got a personal brand, but she is just naturally like you can tell she's just naturally so like cool and individual. But there's a part in it that just made me like it. it It reminds you that like we have these people on pedestals and we see these celebrities as like they're not real people. But there's a part in the documentary she's obsessed with Justin Bieber. Oh my god, it's so great! And he comes up behind her at Coachella, and she just bursts into tears she's in his arms like sobbing and it's the first time she's met him but her mum's like she has been obsessed with him since she was little and she's like idolized like idolizes him she knows all the words but you can just see this moment of like pure like vulnerability where she is just like blown away by this person and you're like Oh my gosh! Like you, you, I see Billie Eilish as like the biggest person in the world right now. Like she's everywhere. But it's that really humbling moment of like it doesn't matter if you're headlining shows. Yeah. It doesn't matter if like you are the most famous person in the world. You will always have that moment of like just being taken back by things. And it was just a reminder for me that exactly to your point, Steph. Around like we look around us and we often compare, even people that are like smashing it still have those moments of like this is surreal and yeah life life's a madness isn't it
1: that's what makes us human isn't it yeah it's
2: that, that interconnectedness that rawness that
1: messiness mm. that vulnerability right and that's when you you start seeing you start seeing that person for without the labels without the titles that yeah. actually these people are just human beings and it's something that i used to do um at the beginning of our journey which was um you know if i had um, a new client meeting i used to get so wrapped up in like the client name or whatever and then when i used to have the meeting they used to just think this person is just a human being Mm. and also when you start feeling that level of insecurity we were chatting about it earlier over the old burrata um (laughs) for context
2: we went for lunch before this and ate a (laughs) a lot of food and drinks people's worth of food between three of us
0: we will not be doing that in the future no. we're going to be recording the podcast population bread for for <laughs> <laughs> that was
2: oh really god! Bad <laughs> i wanted more from that <laughs> it's because halfway through i realized i've just been find your nation <laughs>
1: <laughs> brah you found it yeah um so, yeah as we were talking about um you know when you often feel like insecure or you feel um that self-worth that you feel like you don't have any self-worth it never just focuses on that one thing it starts seeping in and oozing out into all parts of your life and um this leads me lovely onto my um inspiration for the week as per huge um my book recommendation so i'm reading this book called when the body says no by gabor mate and um again only in the very beginning of it but again blown away and there's a bit in it where he talks about shame and when I read this I was like this is so on point like why are we not taught this in our education system why are we not taught this at school why are we talk Pythagoras theorem and we're not talking about emotions and feelings and, and all that good stuff so he states in the book that shame is the deepest of negative emotions a feeling that we will do almost anything to avoid Our fear of shame impairs our ability to see reality. So when we're often in that shame, we have no clarity. And all it does is it absorbs us. This book is just, yeah, really, really inspirational. And it just makes a lot of sense because I'm now reflecting on... Yeah, on my life, on on my own observations, and I'm like, okay, that is that is actually fueled from from shame, essentially, yeah. and that's why I feel that certain way, and that's why things perhaps haven't aligned in that way. So again, coming back to the core values, coming back to to the reading of emotions and stuff, what I'm figuring out is the more resistance that there is within us, the more disconnect in the values things never flow in that way mm, whereas so the, true. the more aligned I've become the more unap- unapologetic I've become in the way I show up in client meetings in my comms the more things
2: are flowing and it feels it just feels effortless. I love that so much I think that's s- such a amazing way to think about it and actually like emotions are a physical thing like emotions trauma archive inside of our bodies don't they so like when we feel shame like that sits somewhere for a long long time so to be able to recognize that and then just yeah align with it let it flow get in your flow state big up I really like that as well because the last Friday I went and
0: saw a friend and I haven't really caught up with her just one-on-one. Whenever I see her, it's always in big groups. And we were actually talking about a particular group of people that we, we've recently hung around with and how sometimes we feel quite like we can't be ourselves or we're being judged. and And I was like, yeah. And it was actually so nice to hear actually she felt like that as well. It wasn't just me. Mm. And as we were talking, she's like, she's sort of known them longer. And she just said like, as soon as I stopped trying to please them and actually was just like no this this is me maybe I'm not edgy maybe I'm not cool maybe I'm not a hipster whatever you are looking for I am just going to be unapologetically me I'm just going to be myself I stopped caring about what they thought and I actually think they accepted me more and she said it and I was like god that's so obvious to hear it and for it to be said but actually it's so hard when you're in your own head to be like or maybe I should act like that in front of that person, when actually, most people gravitate towards you when you are literally being yourself, and you are being your whole self, as you would say, Puna. But yeah, like not trying to be something you're not. And I think that's something that we have to process as we go through. And it's something that you do, you know, like, it's something you do at school, because you're trying to fit in and all of that. But I think as we start to navigate our lives, we realize that fitting in isn't actually always what equates to happiness. Definitely definitely not. not. And
2: I think that can make you feel really off balance and other people can sense that. Like we actually spoke about this at lunch, but when you think about the most confident person that you know, so like if you're listening now, like think about that person. And I don't mean like they're really outspoken and they're really loud or they're always the center of attention, but someone that is so authentically comfortable in their own skin. I can think of my person and they just genuinely are so content with who they are and they're not like the stereotypical like high flyer and that that doesn't not matter at all when i'm with that person i feel so comfortable in my own skin because i think those people that aren't trying to be something they're not those people that are just accepting who they are you give other people permission to feel the same so yeah. i think like so whether true. that's in your career or in your personal friendship group or like any situation those people are so special because we all kind of reflect each other's energy don't we like it's, it's an exchange it's, it's ongoing but those people do they're, they're the ones that make you just feel like yeah I can say this and I can be honest and I can be vulnerable and I can say actually I don't agree with that and that's really healthy that's and exactly to your point Steph I think when you can kind of sit in your own skin and say actually do you know what I'm not going to try and fit in anymore this is who I am I think your your, all of your interactions change, don't they?
0: It's also creating and holding that space for people to be their own niche. So it's as much like, yes, you want to find it yourself. But when you're in scenarios, not making other people feel like they need to change to be in your company, which is so important. And you might not be doing that intentionally, but just having that awareness to allow people to be weird and wonderful and not necessarily fit in whatever mold that you might have outlined as a friend or as a colleague or a peer
1: and remember that we're all living in our own lives in our own bubbles in our own heads so nothing that somebody else does is actually because of you it's actually because as I say everything starts with how you feel about Mm. yourself so we were talking about when you leave a conversation you feel a little bit awkward or you feel like what the fuck was that about it's never (laughs) it's never it's never about you it's what that person is is going through you know and and if we're going back to emotions and we're talking about Shame, guilt, all these things, and we haven 't worked through that, or we don 't actually even have that awareness that gets blocked in our in our psyche, gets blocked in our energy, so when we show up and we might want to be sincere, we might want to to cultivate those relationships, but that stops us from from being our whole selves because there 's resistance within us, and one thing that i 've definitely recognized and you know i 'm moving more along that is is to show up unapologetically and to be myself because that is part of the brand. And yeah, that is, you know, I've made a conscious decision yeah. to, to build that in there.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think you, you do that so well. Like you give... Thank you. But You but you, you both do. Yeah. <laughs> I might cry. No, but you do. Like you, you do definitely give others permission to do the same. So what have you learned this week? I think something that I have been talking to
0: people about and also I notice it myself is that... When it comes to picking your niche, it's making sure that you actually enjoy what you're doing. And again, this might sound so obvious, but if you try and pick a niche or fit in something where you're, again, pleasing others or you're doing it because it, it makes sense at the time or it's just the easier way, you'll always question, could I be doing more? Should I be doing more? Is this what I'm really happy with? And you'll feel that self-doubt. And I think exactly like we've said, like whatever persona you're trying to build about yourself, whatever personal brand, it's really sort of like believing in what you're saying so that you are living it and people buy into that. And I shared a tweet that I um, saw on Instagram recently by Kaylee Benoit, I think that's how I pronounce it. Great name. And she said, I refuse to be a watered down version of myself to be more palatable to others who aren't used to flavor. You're gonna take me as I am, highly seasoned. How fucking good is that? Yeah, I love that. I Absolutely love, love that. that. And I again, I think it is just like that. Yeah, going in at, as you are and being highly seasoned, or however you want to be. I, I just thought that was such a nice reminder for us to to kind of hold and and carry with whatever journey, whatever conversation we go into. Like I always say to people, how you hear me on this podcast, or how you meet me at an event, or how you see me I don't know in a networking situation is just genuinely what I'm like which is why I feel very fulfilled that I'm not having to lead two lives I'm not having to carry this and the same with foot being humble like everything I say behind that brand and do behind that brand it's it's my beliefs it's what I care about it's what I want to do I said at the beginning like storytelling for good is what I think my niche is it's what I think my my purpose is I don't necessarily think it's the most bespoke niche but it means that I have that passion to keep driving and to keep pushing it through and I don't have other people to bounce off it's very much me working by myself but that's what motivates me and yeah I just love the I'm coming fully seasoned I I'm that. the flavor yeah, I, I enjoy that,
1: that. I remember back in the days um did you like what i did the days back
0: in the days i didn't make the connection right, immediately, immediately. Enough, but i'm here for it now yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a
2: tough one to get. <laughs> it it's quite a generic <laughs> word i'm not gonna lie but i'll take it
0: like, i remember back in the days she's in breadington <laughs> no, <he's Fred> <laughs> <sighs>
2: oh, as you on. are <laughs> i
1: think we'll just move on yeah shall we yeah
2: i haven't learned anything this week i'm not gonna lie no i'm joking um are we going there yeah i I can go if you want so
1: for me one of the things that i've learned and i know i talk about it a lot um and it's a question that i get asked a lot is how do i balance yes mate with with my own personal life and for me of course it's setting boundaries and it's saying no mate to my mates to my family and also to work opportunities because when people talk about self love and they talk about self care let's let's actually cut the BS they're not the same things first of all right and part of self love is actually holding yourself accountable so there's things that I have to write down, I have to stick them on a post-it note, I have to do the work on a daily that people don't see behind the gram in order for me to actually have capacity to show up in the workshops and all, all the rest of that. I think from last time I was saying like how important resting is and part of that is saying no. So I've got much better at saying no and navigating that. But um, I had a few client projects come in and I just thought I can either say yes, but do I really need and do I have the capacity to actually take this on? And I was like, P, you've got to hold yourself accountable here. Are you gonna show up or are you gonna do it disservice? And I just thought, no, mate, I'm gonna I'm gonna push back and say no. So what I'm realising is the power of of actually sometimes saying no, mate, instead of saying yes, mate.
0: And don't you think that helps with crafting your niche anyway massive, because massive, yeah. if you're constantly a yes man or a yes woman or however you identify if you're constantly saying yes then that's when you know like the brands we love or the businesses or that we love are the ones that have consistency that you that you know what you're not necessarily that you know what you're going to get all the time but that you connect with yeah and if you're someone saying yes to every single situation every single opportunity you're not creating a distinctive enough persona or brand or offering that people can actually be like that's yes mate that's poo now. and
1: and also you're not you're not giving yourself the capacity to actually even reflect or to think about new ideas or just the space to breathe and I just thought I need that and I know I talk about it a lot having that capacity and that resting and that time in solitude but I'm also it's it's one thing typing it writing a caption on insta to actually living it and actually pushing
2: back that's it and and actually like you said you know saying what you do and doing what you say. Yeah, I love that. I think that that point on reflection that's been a big one for me this week as well. So I very recently started working with a coach because like I speak to you two and it's amazing but I'm also conscious that I don't want to inundate you with my work drums 24 7 and I know for me like I very much live inside my head and because I'm constantly working with clients I'm always like emailing speaking to other people and I'm not actually really taking note of my own progression and my own business and something that really resonated this week um when I speak to my coach he's obviously got like a doc sheet of everything I said I wanted to do and a task list of things that I, I should do for the next session, so it was the next session, and we went through the list of everything that I said I wanted to do, and I'd actually done them all. Well but, done, thank you. Actually. I'm so bad at making these epic lists. But this I'm is like, the thing: yeah. I I didn't even realize until she said to me, "Oh, you said you wanted to do that last time, and you've done it." And I was like, I wouldn't have even acknowledged that before because mm, everything so. lives up here. So for me, I was like, okay, a couple of things there. I need to write down the things I want to achieve and actually make a note when I tick them off and also it's so important to have a person or some people that can either hold you accountable or just listen to you because in that moment I was like oh my god I was overwhelmingly proud of myself because I hadn't even realized that I'd done those things and I was like that's actually really big like the two things I wanted to do were quite big things but because I'd just done them and I hadn't really not made a big deal out of it but like they were just things I do in my job I was like oh wow that's really cool but I also listened to something that Russell Brand said this week and I just think it's a really nice point to to bring up here and he said that self-improvement and self-belief is this big, like it's glorified as this like grand awakening where you wake up one day like, oh, I'm so confident. And it's not, it's all the little moments of growth that all kind of build up to that bigger thing. And I think we're so quick to not acknowledge those little things that happen that it's not until like my example with my coach that I realized I'd done those things that you have that moment of like, oh my gosh, I wanted to do that and I did it and I smashed it. And you have those little like mini moments of self-reflection where you're like, yeah, do you know what? I'm actually smashing it. So I think, yeah, my learning is do talk about these things. And do you know what's really funny? And I think we're we're quite good at this and we encourage this, but so often we're told like don't tell people what you're working on just do it just get on with it behind the scenes and it's like i kind of get that but equally like i'm the kind of person and we spoke about this before where i if i say like to you guys or i'll I'll just put on instagram like i'm doing this course and then i'm like i have to and then once it's out there you're accountable so i think Telling people what you want to achieve, talking about your vision, and then also making notes of your progress is so important as well. Well, that check in for
0: you with her was, was so important. Yeah. Otherwise, you would have just completely let that slip. Exactly. And I love that Russell Brand thing because it's so true, isn't it? Like, I think that's where a lot of people walk into scenarios and feel imposter syndrome and self doubt is because they're not actually recognizing all those small steps they're taking. And that feeling of being a fraud is because they're trying to maybe jump into something straight away or to hold a title or an image when actually if you're not checking in and acknowledging those little steps you're making, then you'll never really believe that you deserve that place.
1: And the reason that is so powerful is because when you write stuff down, you're five times more likely going to manifest that and also the beauty of those small moments you say that all the time it's and i'm true. so glad you
0: do it's that because it's such a good reminder yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. i think people i forget it and i'm really glad every time you say it you're like it's so true that's that's why my
1: room is like that's why i got the um the whiteboards that's why i got the post-it notes that's why i've got one too many muji notebooks because for me i have to write stuff down like that's another form of of, of how I express what I'm going through. And it's a great way for me to document like what was on my mind, what I wanted to celebrate. But to that Russell Brand point, and the reason that again is so powerful is because yes, they're the small moments, but actually they're building trust. Mm. Yeah. Because when you, when you have that feeling of imposter syndrome, you actually don't trust your skills or your abilities to to do whatever the task is or to build the brand or whatever it is. But what is that showing you is that you've actually done that. And if you can do that, then what's the next thing? But um, the writing for me is is massively powerful. Like I, I wouldn't even be sitting here if it wasn't for all my notes and my experiences in my journals and things. So I have to write stuff down.
0: In my book, I actually spoke about, um, there's a there was like a study that was done. I think I found it on like the Harvard Business Review. And it basically talks about, a coach who would make people write eight values down on their cut car- on a card on a little piece of like card that they could put in their pocket and they would like carry it around with them for like a week or so so that they would check back and they're making sure they live and breathe their values but some people would carry it around for their entire lives in like their wallet or in their purse just to always have it to refer back to I think both of you guys have talked about different note taking like you talk about post-it notes and whiteboards Poonam like you always say like you have them everywhere days yours was having that check-in and the accountability this example is like a little card in your wallet just to remind you when you need that reassurance that you're doing the right thing Mm -hmm. so I think there's three really nice tangible ways that whoever's listening right now can actually be thinking actually how could I keep my beliefs or my aims or my brand identity close to me yeah. so that I have it as that reminder and I can use it to come back to when I need that boost or just that guidance in the right direction.
1: And talking yeah. of guidance and, and sharing ideas, I think it's really important to surround yourself with people that again coming back to that trust. Because when you're when you're starting a journey of whatever you're creating, it is you do feel quite lonely lonely and you do feel yeah, you do feel the imposter syndrome. So I think it's also really important to have people who you trust and who you can be vulnerable and share your ideas and that can be actually brutally honest with you and give their sort of reflection back to you on that. And I love notes as well. You know, I love yeah, making folder you do, no, folders. You do, you
2: yeah. do. Right, guys, it's time for a little break. We wanted to give a big, big shout-out and thank you to Locke. So for those of you who don't know who they are, Locke basically combines the space of an apartment with the beaut design that you'd expect at a boutique hotel. It has great restaurants, gym space and a cocktail bar but the best part is that they have free co-working spaces which I actually find is really difficult to find. So you will definitely find us there working away, hosting a meeting or brainstorming our next podcast episode over a coffee or if you're a bit more more of a did you nomad which I'm definitely hoping to do more of next year I'm definitely keen to travel and work more you can hop from city to city or you know if you're working on a project for a few months and you want more space in a hotel the apartments range from studio size to up to two bedrooms so gone are the days of overpriced room service and sacrificing floor space for your suitcase you can actually cook up your own meal you can roll out a yoga mat if you're on that vibe Store away all your clothes and still have room for more. Lock have locations across London, Manchester, Edinburgh, Ireland, and Germany, so you have plenty to choose from. I've also heard that Berlin, one of my favourite cities ever, is on the way, as well as Lisbon and more. So we're absolutely buzzing to say that that feeling when listeners can save up to twenty five percent on your stay with the promo code community at www.lockliving.com we're definitely going to be spending a lot of time there and we hope to see you there too that's the ad break over thank you so much for listening let's get back to our chat so what's made you laugh or made you
1: heart warm this week or oh, cringe or oh, cringe oh daisy you've <laughs> got the
2: most epic story this week literally yeah i do have a really good story um so on on the weekend, it's my boyfriend's birthday and we went out of town to the seaside and we got the train back Monday morning. So I had my work rucksack, my overnight bag and another bag. Usually when I'm on the tube, I've just got my rucksack. So I had my bags on, put my rucksack down, got off at our stop and I was halfway up the steps to go home and I was like, oh my God, my rucksack isn't on my back. I feel sick at that thought. Yeah, I was close. And I just just looked at my boyfriend, I was like patting my back, like looking over my shoulder, like, well, it must be on my back. Why, where is it? And he was just looking at me in disbelief, like, what do you want me to do? And I just burst into tears because everything, like when I say everything is on there, like I do my whole job from my laptop. I run everything from there. And then all the thoughts start going through your head, like, oh, my God, all of like my banking and everything. So I was just like freaking out. The train conductor came over and I was like, look, I've just left my rucksack on the the tube. What can I do? He went off for a bit. And in that time, I was like, okay, I'm going to grieve the loss of my laptop because it's gone. Like, it's just gone. And I kind of came to terms with the fact that it probably wasn't coming back. And in that time, I've made a plan to go to Oxford Street and just buy a new one. I had so much work on this week. I was like, I just cannot lose my laptop. I just need to go and get another one. I'd voice noted clients that I had a call with. And I was like, just to let you know, I'm going to have to move our call. I've lost my laptop. So that was all sorted. The guy came back, the train conductor, um, And he was like, you can fill in this form for lost property, but you might not hear for seven days. So I was like, right, okay, done, dusted. Started walking back to get the tube to Highbury to go to Oxford Street to get my new laptop. And in that time, my phone rang from an unknown number. By the way, I never answer calls from people if I don't have their number. I don't get why people don't. I just, I could go on and rant about this. You never know who it could be. Well... Thank God I did.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like. Do you I, know what
2: I do? I save their numbers like who this, who this, who's this, and then go check out their same, WhatsApp yeah.
1: picture. Oh yeah, Sometimes I Google. Can it. you do that?
0: Yeah. yeah. If they've I got WhatsApp if it's no caller ID though, the then point is that your ID, your number's blocked.
2: I don't think you can with no caller ID. But if I haven't got their number saved, I've got, I've got right. about fifteen. Who dis, Who this? One. <laughs> who is this? Called me on Tuesday. Anyway. So I pick up the phone and this guy's like, oh, hi, is this Daisy? And I was like, yes. And he's like, oh, I think you just left your laptop on the train. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like crying on the phone. I was Aww. like, I have, I have. And he was like, oh, okay, um, where are you? And I was like, I'm at Dalston Junction. And he was like, oh sweet, I'm at Shadwell. And I was like, I'll come meet you wherever, like wherever. And he was like, I'll just wait here for you. And I was like, honestly, like if you need to go into the office or whatever, like I can meet you at your office. And in that time, like I've walked away from Ryan, I'm getting on the tube. He's like, where are you going? I was like, I'm going to get my laptop. And he was like, this is a moment. I'm coming with you. (laughs) It's like super (laughs) emotional. So I'm on the tube, like, how has he found me? What is this? and I got to Shadwell, bless him, he had my laptop. He had, also really embarrassing, I randomly had a bra in there. <laughs> in my laptop bag. Oh, and No, no, in my rucksack. And I was like, he's definitely seen that. Um, but yeah, I got there and I was like, how did you throw That's feel? probably why he called <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a nice bra. I can assure you it wasn't. It's gone like really it bobbly. He was expecting you to come with Ryan.
0: <laughs>
2: <No>. <laughs> Imagine. Um... And yeah, I was like, I need to repay you. Like, what can I do? And he's like, absolutely not. It's just a normal thing to do. But he'd Googled my name and my LinkedIn profile had come up and it says like, based in Hackney. And anyway, I posted about it on LinkedIn because I was just like, it's such a nice story for a Monday morning. And also the fact that like, I advocate for using social media in like a good way. And I just thought such a nice story of A, just someone being a sound human and also social media for good. But the post has gone viral. It's had like 1.2 million views and like oh my god 30 000 likes and then it's been picked up by like loads of news channels around the world which is amazing but what's made me cringe is the amount of creepy in mails i've got from old men like hey love the glasses winky face and then like oh, one on man, linkedin yeah and i just think like you wouldn't send that to a guy like i've just like attracted these weird creepy guys um so yeah that's my cringe along with the great story I have received some unsolicited also a guy sent me a video of his face like talking to me I was like that's intrusive you kind of liked that though Steph (laughs) no I I
0: just (laughs) no I've I've just had it and I I know you mean the creepy ones yeah but I know a lot of people that when they connect with you on LinkedIn they'll send you a little short video introducing themselves like I, I wouldn't do it personally. I I do find it quite cringe, but I do know people that have done it in the past, and at some apparently it does work sometimes. It's not my own personal style, but I. it's yeah. not something I like. Just I've seen clarity. it
2: before. I've seen it before when it's like they're promoting something or they're like, oh, hey Daisy, I've just checked out your website. And I'm like, that's cool, that's quite personal. But his was just a bit weird. And I think he just wanted to chat. Yeah, <laughs> was no. And like, also just annoying that they're Ew.
0: taking away from a nice story and making that experience a bit cringe. It's like, yeah. stop abusing what is a really nice story yeah. to just DM me. Yeah, get my DMs. And also like complimenting your glasses. Yeah. Strange. Weird flex, but okay. what about you, Steph? I actually had a really nice call with the founders of Feed Me Female, um, and they are basically like a collective that are encouraging sort of open discussions. And one of the things that I actually really liked on the subject of niches was they explained to me on the call, and then I also went on their Instagram, which would encourage people to check out. They, the way that they are different to other channels is they use uh their Instagram stories as a way to poll and have discussions. So they were like, just go on to some of our stories and have a look. I was literally in stitches. They are so funny. So they'll encourage people to like confess a story. And one of them that I read was like, I'm texting my mate's dad and he's 55. <laughs> <laughs> and so then the the poll was, would you text your mate's your dad's mate? Did I say my mate's dad? Did I get that wrong? I'm texting my dad's mate who's 55. And then the, the poll question was like, would you text one of your dad's friends? And then it was like, what should the girl do? Should she get rid of him? Should she keep texting? And there's loads of like different, like really good engagement and people are sharing their opinions. And I think what I really liked about that, um, it made me laugh. Like one of the other ones was, uh, I put a laxatives in my, I put laxatives <laughs> in my ex-boyfriend's soup when he pissed me off. Oh my- which is so funny like I can't like I can't even imagine and then it's like the poll would you ever put laxatives in your ex-partner's soup or whatever and like it's what I like about it is I think it's first of all it's like those honest open stories and people just being quite raw but also when do you ever get to get such like mixed opinions from people Mm. like obviously it needs to be monitored in the sense that you don't want people trolling or being nasty but I do think it's so, like, it's very easy to get stuck in your bubble and only really hear what everybody else thinks. And as a platform former, I really love the idea of, like, using stories to poll people and ask questions. And and that's a really nice way to open up discussion. But yeah, I would just say for anybody who needs a laugh, go on to Feed Me Females Instagram and look at some of the Instagram stories because there are some other things that I just a little bit x-rated to stay on here. But they it just really made me smile. And I was like, it's, that's what's so great about refreshing formats or styles is that it's like, within this week of just hearing about them, I've told like 10 different people because I was like, that's what really cut through to me. And and very often, the reason we don't stand out and cut through is because we're not trying to do anything differently. It's always that question of like, what's the thing that when I leave the room, I'm going to go say about you that, i'm really excited about and always thinking about that but yeah i think they're really good instagram to check out for this week's episode what's the handle i think it's just feed me female i think when you type that in it'll be there but you'll be able to find it and and also get involved in the polls because i'm sure that'll be really useful for them and their data because they've got gathered loads of data they've been doing this for over a year now so they were saying they could pull together like a report or actually analyze what's everyone's feelings towards being paid for sex or what's everyone's feelings about... That's
2: really cool. You know,
0: drugging your your ex-boyfriends. <laughs> I don't know, obviously, like... But, it, yeah, it's just a, a very interesting It's very platform. clever, yeah. yeah. And
1: it's, it's interesting because what it's doing is, again, it's going back to that interconnectedness, that humanness of yeah. of, of those stories, right? When
0: we're lacking that conversation and yeah. that dialogue. And I
1: think definitely in this time, like, we've all needed... Um, we've all needed things to make us laugh, to maybe make us feel a bit cringe or to warm our hearts. Um, and my story, which is not really a cringe, and it's not really a laugh, it's more... Oh, going off a piece. Going off on one. one. Um, it's actually more interlinked into what we were talking about in terms of niche and all that kind of stuff. So a few weeks ago, I got approached by stylist and Fitbit to do a talk on setting boundaries. So I'm trying to get... More confident in showing up on on the camera without any slides and things, um, so I thought, yeah, okay, cool. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it, and I'm just gonna be myself. And I did it. And again, I need to get better at using Twitter because I don't really use Twitter.
0: I'm so bad okay at it. I hate it. It's just Twitter. yeah,
1: it's just not my vibe. But I was um, I did have a moment with myself. So I guess my story is about myself.
2: <laughs> What's this going to do It's a real build-up. I <laughs> feel like you're about to drop something trending? Well, for me,
1: it's a big thing because, again, this person is a bit of an, uh, somebody who I guess I've idolised. So I was on a panel. I was part of the panel with this person. Her name's Baronda Montgomery. She is a scholar, a researcher, and the author of Lessons from Plants. And her talk was so fascinating because she was talking all about... Plants and the different seasons and how plants know how to rest and I need that. Yeah, Same. it was just I always. I mean, I've got the books. So I'll I'll lend it. Oh up. my god, yes, please. Cool. I thought
2: you mean like I need to rest like a plant.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> I need <laughs> advice on plants. Oh, okay, yeah. You got. I'll give you the book. So first of all, I was you know just taking back. Like, oh, I'm on a I'm on a panel with Baronda yeah, Montgomery. That's like, huge. This huge. is a this is a big deal Such for me. Such a nice feeling. But yeah. I'm gonna internalise this and I'll celebrate afterwards, and then um, after. I'd after she'd finished, I'd sent her a little mess message on um, on Zoom. Thought wrapped it up. Again, don't go on Twitter, but I thought I don't know why. I thought let me just sign into to my Twitter account, and she tweeted a picture of me in the session. And what she wrote was a powerful discussion led by P. Dufa on managing assumptions, getting comfortable saying no as critical self-care. She also guides us to check into our bodies, feedback, and breathing as we contemplate balance and core needs. Hey, that's Aww. giving me goosebumps. And I when I saw that, that yeah, that's I was like... so amazing. I just had to, again, just take that moment and take the accountability that, wow, I was on this panel because of everything that I've been doing with yeah. Yes Mate up until here. yeah, And they approach me as, and again, I don't really, it's funny because I don't see myself as an entrepreneur or a wellness expert. like, But that's obviously how I was, you know, framed. framed. And I just had to just take a moment just to soak that in. And it was from a conversation that I think we all had at some point during a WhatsApp um, through voice notes. And it's like, we have got to the stages and we, we're doing these brand collaborations or, you know, all these nice things are happening is, yes, because we are surrounded by good people, but actually because of the hard work that we're putting in. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to big myself up. You yeah. should. That's huge.
2: Yes, and I love I that.
0: Maybe our, it needs to be laugh, cringe or gave you goosebumps. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm Maybe up that's for that. how we should be doing I it. I love that. No, that's such that's a good amazing. story. And again, it's just so nice and so important for you to take the pause p p take Poo the Poo
2: pause, Nan- pause
0: um because otherwise you wouldn't have processed that you wouldn't have taken that moment and yeah. also so random that you decided to check in on twitter it's like you and, knew yeah like it's always fate Intuition. isn't it like well, you would yeah. never normally do it and then all of a sudden you go on and you get that exactly what daisy was saying with her coach that confirmation that reminder is, that yeah. check in there was a part of me that i was like oh, i should probably just you know just um reset my twitter
1: password because I'd forgotten all my, you know, when you, and I just thought, let me just go on, on, on to Twitter. But again, even, you know, the fact that she's a scholar, she's a researcher, somebody who I have idolised, it also, again, brought me back to to ground that she's a she's human being.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah sure. Massively. It's so nice, isn't it? There's a, I think it's a poem or a phrase, but it's, oh, to see yourself as others see you. And sometimes it's just nice to hear what others have to say about you and how they feel about your work and yeah, just have that, not not validation, but confirmation that actually, it's feedback, isn't it? It's just yeah. feedback. And I, and I think it
1: was just a moment of, again, that, that small moment of trust, like, P, this is you. yeah. And for me, it's, it's always personal because I always go back to that moment of, why did I leave, like I've had ups and downs in the last few weeks, mainly downs, where I have been questioning a lot. So when I have these moments, it's just again that affirmation of you're on the right path you're walking you're walking the right path and you're on a on an adventure and I think I've realized that there's never just going to be one big gesture one big thing it's all actually these like you said these little small moments those little waves that we continue to ride
0: together. I actually very quickly I interviewed Alma Spadat on Foundation FM where I have a radio show that I do monthly and she talked about using Instagram to post all the things she's doing as a form of like a gallery to look at all the things that she's doing that she's proud of. And I really like that. You know, when we're so concerned about, oh, what will other people think? It's actually like, no, I'm I'm using this platform as a way to post the things that I'm proud of that I've done so that when I have those doubts, when I have those wobbles, I can come back to it. And that visualization can make such an important sort of, impact on how you see yourself so I thought that was a really nice tip if yeah. you're sort of not sure if you're maybe feeling a little bit lost or you're struggling with what direction to go in or maybe you feel like you've lost your way a bit by using something like Instagram or even just creating a pri- private blog or website where you can drop in all those things that you're yeah. doing making it visual as a reminder that you can come back to it and it again it'll help you to check in to go wait a minute. Do I actually want to be doing that? Yeah. Is that how I want yeah. other people to look at my profile and think of me? But yeah, I thought it was such a nice tip yeah. and such a nice way to reframe the social media comparison that we all yeah, get into sure. and actually be going, no, how can we use, in Daisy's word, social media for good, essentially. Yeah. Like I it- also...
2: oh, s- Sorry, just one thing that I've started doing. I have a folder in my emails now of all my testimonials. So whenever I feel like oh god I'm so bad at my job and those moments of like what am I doing I've got that folder to just go back to and it's really nice to just read the, the kind things that other people have to say about you Definitely. so when you are getting that feedback like that tweet for example even if you just screenshot like even if it's nice comments that people are or nice dms save it in a folder in your in your photos and, and have it, al- that.
0: it also helps you see yourself in a different way so you may think that you know how you are being seen or you want to be seen. But when somebody says, I had a message recently where someone was like, you're creating a generation of powerful, strong women. And I was like, wow. I would literally never say that. Like, you know, the modest, humble, surprisingly, um, person in me or British person in me probably wouldn't say that, but just seeing that. And now I can go away and be like, that's part of my niche that's part of who I am that's part of what I'm doing so yeah we we love feedback slide into our dms and tell us how much you love us so we can screenshot and
1: and and keep our um, folders that was so nourishing and I think that just shows us that we are all human beings we all feel a lot of shit we all feel uncomfortable we all feel imposter syndrome and we all have very similar struggles yes at different times but the struggle is real sometimes
0: and also just finding your niche isn't always easy so don't beat yourself up if you can't like don't beat yourself up if it doesn't come to you automatically it might be something that you just figure out in life as you go through it it's 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 massive and it's okay
2: for it to evolve as well like it will change over time so don't confine yourself to one thing You're, you're allowed to ebb and flow
1: mate we went from a supper club to a wellness platform do you know what I'm saying yeah so be open be open.
0: And on that note, I think we should wrap
1: up. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. We hope that you've been inspired, uplifted and nourished in your mind, body and soul.
0: and make sure you're following That Feeling When podcast on Instagram and add yourself to the Facebook group That Feeling When for tips, resources, advice and any upcoming news about the podcast and everything we're up to. As always, you can add us on LinkedIn. I'm Steph Sword-Williams. I'm
2: Poonam Dufour. And I'm Daisy Morris. Bye.
1: Later, Bye. Zway. With a special thanks to Sarah Parker, our editor of the podcast, and Sinead Taylor, who's done our branding and graphics.